Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, and we're going to have a high of 21 degrees with maybe a bit of rain here in the Edmonton region. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us live on the Podbean app. You can join us live every morning if you're listening to the recorded version. Uh, you can join us every morning on the Podbean app at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, why am I messing this up? <laughs> Um. I should stick to I should stick to my regular script. I'm like, did I already say that? This is too, you can't you can't change your script up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Anyways, listen in live. There's a call in button. You can ask any questions you want for free every morning. Free coaching uh, Monday through Friday. Wow! Don't ever do that again. <laughs> you can also chat amongst all the other listeners, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, conversations going on while we're. Well, we're chatting. Mm-hmm, absolutely. A quick question for you, Gab. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Elroy on yesterday? Yes. Okay. I wasn't reading through the comments yesterday, so I didn't see if he heard yeah. that he won top fan. He heard that he won top fan okay, and that perfect. he's got two coaching calls. He won two free coaching calls. Yeah. I never saw an email come through. That's why. Mm. As well. I wanted to make sure that Elroy knew. Um, yeah. Congratulations again. <clears throat> so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> Wow. Do we have any upcoming events, Wayne? We have some upcoming events. This uh, this Saturday, uh, we are going to be sponsoring a hole at the Calvin Realty Golf Tournament. Um, that's August 6th at the Ranch Golf Course. Um, it's an 18-hole tournament for real estate investors. Um, I believe it's all sold out, but if you are coming, I mean, it's pretty, pretty sweet. Um, I think it's 140-some-odd real estate investors. Um, barbecue lunch afterwards. Um, we're going to be giving away a pretty big prize at our hole. Um, we're going to be giving away a $10,000 mentorship program. Mm-hmm. So super excited about that. Um, you got to be there, uh, obviously to win. Um, and it's not going to be easy. We're going to, we're going to try and make it challenging. Um, so that someone that really has to work for it. Yeah. Um, especially like a prize like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the mentorship program includes, um, five, home study workshops, including joint ventures, rent to own, agreement for sale, fix and flip, wholesaling. Did I get it? That was five. Okay, perfect. Uh, It's weekly uh, coaching calls. uh, And also you have full access to all advanced workshops that we put on um, every month. Uh, So any upcoming advanced workshops, um, you get into them for free. Plus, you have access to all previous workshops, all previous trainings, master classes. Uh, back in the vault as well, you're also getting access to all previous Friday Live trainings. You're also getting access to checklists, forms, contracts, agreements, everything everything that you need to be a real estate investor. Yeah. So uh, pretty, pretty big, pretty, pretty big. <laughs> um, so one lucky winner is going to win that this weekend. Absolutely. And if you guys are interested in joining it, um, you just go to REI, not the golf tournament, join the uh, mentorship program. Uh, go to reimasters.ca. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you know what's really funny is yesterday on the show when I was like, would ours be the biggest prize? I'm like, unless somebody's giving away a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently there's a hole-in-one uh, car giveaway. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty funny. I screenshotted it and sent it to Wayne. Yeah. It's like they're giving away a car. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty if somebody gets a hole in one. Yeah, if somebody gets a hole in one, uh, we are guaranteed giving away. We are guaranteed giving away a mentorship program. program. There's somebody no hole in one necessary. It. We're giving away a big ten thousand dollar prize. Um, yeah, got that coming up. And then uh, you know, speaking of advanced workshops, we have our next advanced workshop on August twentieth. Um, we're doing an advanced fix and flip workshop. Yes, we are. Um, co-hosted by Barry McGuire, the Barry McGuire. Um, as well, we've got special guest Calvin Hexter coming on. Calvin's going to be going through how to run comparables and how to find deals, um, how to set up your searches. Uh, and as well, Matt Bordian is going to be coming as well. Um, and Matt Bordian is a home inspector, and he's going to be talking about what to look for uh, when you're buying a property, things to look for, um, yeah, to make sure, make sure you can price it all out. Amazing. It's, it's going to be a pretty pretty sweet workshop. Yeah. Um, talking about all those different things that I just mentioned, talking about how to turn it into a business. I mean, that's our forte mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Just taking, um, taking strategies one step further and just turning them into a business as opposed to just a one-off. So um, that is coming up on August 20th. And anyone who's in the master's mentorship program gets into it for free. Yay. <laughs> that one's going to be fun. It's like a full day. So it's not just like a, you know, two hour in and out kind of basics of, of fix and flipping. It's like in depth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know me, I don't like to do surface shit. Um, I, it's, and there's nothing, <clears throat> it's nothing that I hate more. Cause trust me, I've been, I've been through it. I'm just like you. I've been through it when you're getting started out and you're like, I want to do fix and flips or I want to do whatever, pick a strategy. I want to raise capital. They're raising capitals. A great example. Um, but like you want something, you want to learn how to do it. You see a course coming up or a workshop and then you're like, okay, perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to pay for this, you know, thousand dollar workshop or course or $500 thing, whatever. And you get there and it's like, it's fluff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they hype it up. Like they're going to teach you all the, the five fundamentals or the, the four pillars or the, they're all the other bullshit, but it's just fluff. Yeah. You don't actually learn anything. It's just filler. You may as well just learn that from, from their free online book. Yeah. And um, that's that's not the case with this. Um, we're going to give you all the tools that you need in order to actually start a fix and flip business. Um, and it's the only way we can do it properly is, is through an eight-hour workshop. Yeah. And I brought the best people in Edmonton um, to help us uh, get that done. Absolutely. <clears throat> Pardon me. <laughs> uh, is that all we have going up, coming up? I do believe so, yeah. Last of the planned events. Until summer's over, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to cover us for, for August. Um, someone was reaching out about um, wondering about meetups. We haven't done any meetups in a while. In Edmonton, at least. Fair enough. Uh, that is very fair. Summer's been, summer's been crazy. Yeah. Um, I asked Liam. Liam on here? I'm going to out him. Let's call out Liam. One, for not being awake. <laughs> and two, um, for not hosting a meetup. 
Uh, <laughs> I asked I asked Liam if he could um, at our Otwell flip because our Otwell flip is almost done. Um, something came up and we didn't get around to it. But um, for those of you in Edmonton that are looking <laughs> that are looking for a meetup, get your fix. Um, a networking event. Uh, we should we should have one coming up here in the next couple weeks. Um, I'm I don't personally have the time to be putting one together. Um, I got too many different things going on. Uh, but uh, I know that Jared Como in Calgary is hosting another meetup. Um, soon. When's he hosting that thing? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. I believe it's Not this uh, Saturday, but next Saturday. I believe it's two Saturdays from now. Let me just check this out. I, I, I can, I have, I have the internet. August 13th, Taylor says. August 13th. Yeah. So that is, uh, is that a Friday or Saturday? August 13th is two Saturdays from now. So if you're interested in doing a networking meetup, uh, fix and flip meetup in Calgary, um, reach out to Jared Como. Um, he's hosting one at our fix and flip in Calgary. Yeah. Like Buena Vista. Uh, to, from what I understand, he's going to be doing that meetup every two weeks at that fix and flip. Yeah. That's intense. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Intensely awesome. I'm going to see if he can do some during the week so that I can make it out. Mm-hmm. So we're in Edmonton or Leduc. Um, I'm going to try and get in there every two weeks, um, to check on the property, check on the flip, but I kind of want to go in during the week when the contractors are there. And I don't want to go in on the weekend. So that way I can just kind of check in to see. And if they have any questions, um, they need any guidance, you know, something that, you know, mm-hmm. hey, can you come have a look at this? I want to be able to be there, not on the weekend. So um, I'm going to see if you can do some during the week so that I can make it out as well. For sure. A um, evening meetup. Yeah. Or even a Friday evening. You know what I mean? That I can come out during the day, go see the contractors, do yeah. the meetup, stay the night, and then go back home on Saturday. Um, but at the very least, uh, there's a meetup there on August 13th for those of you that are in the Calgary area, or you can be like the cool folks who drove out from Edmonton last weekend. Yeah. It was, it was really weird. Like I just kept seeing people come through the door. I'm like, what are they doing here? Are they seriously <laughs> just have three hours for a networking event? Well, we have, we had some people from Calgary drive up for our Edmonton ones. True. Yeah. True. I guess our networking events are pretty good then. I guess so. <laughs> it's 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 flattering. Um, One sec. <laughs> Wayne activated his uh, Siri on his phone. Did I say seriously? <laughs> I must have activated Siri. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> what did I just look up? <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's coming up, and um, I'm going to talk to Liam about hosting um, a meetup at the Otwell uh, Fix and Flip. Um, garage is almost done. Yeah. I swung by there last night. I was in Edmonton, and I swung by our projects. Um, made a little bit of a tour out of it. Anytime I go into Edmonton, I'm like, okay, I may as well go check on the properties too, make a trip out of it. So I went and checked on that. Um, cabinets are being put together. Nice. In the kitchen. Um Garage is pretty much done. Electrical's all run, uh, trenched out for it to it. Um, doors are on, overhead door, man door. Uh, siding is is like sixty percent done. Nice. Uh, so should be done today. Roofs all on and everything else. So yeah. it's looking good. Uh, hardware's on the doors. I, I nothing to 
that's that's pretty much it. Um, there's some exterior work we still need to get done. Um, some grading in the back. Um, there's a window that needs to be rep uh, repaired. Uh, back stucco needs to be repaired as well. Yeah. A little bit of paint. Um, otherwise, pretty much done. Pretty close. Pretty close. There's like a gutter that needs to be re-secured. Like it's pretty, <laughs> just minor stuff outside. Probably a day's worth of stuff outside. But like I said, cabinets um, are on site. They are being put together. Um, the boxes are all together. Um, what else? Bathrooms all done pretty much, except for like the cabinet. We're just waiting on that sh that cabinet to be installed. The cabinet just came in. Yeah. And then they'll put the countertop on top and sink will go in. But toilets in, tubs in, tiles done, grouted. Downstairs is all done. Um, very close. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so once the cabinets are done in the kitchen, um, then countertop is not far behind, right? Yeah. And then uh, right after that, the um, tiler or tile installer uh, will come in and do the backsplash. Bada bing, bada boom. Appliances are on site. Yeah. It's Just actually pretty crowded in the place. kitchen. Yeah. Um, I saw them. They have everything all set up in the in the bedrooms. I'm trying to get that. But uh, yeah, that one should be done pretty quick. Oh, we got a sign. We got to put a sign out front. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey. <laughs> um, front. Uh, me and Gabby are just doing a little business meeting here. You guys can just uh, listen in. Um, <laughs> front single garage. Okay, so we have this is this is a house with a single attached garage. Okay. Um, in order to get the best comps, uh, in that neighborhood. We were told that like, hey, just a heads up, like it has a single attached garage, but, and here's what it's going to be worth. But we've seen in the past that single houses with single attached garages in, in this neighborhood tend to sit on the market longer. Yeah. And that was a, that scared us a little bit because we just want to do this renovation. We want a quick sale. We want to be done with it. Move on to the next project. Right. Mm -hmm. So we opted actually to build a double garage in the back as well. So we have a single attached garage plus a double garage in the back. And that's what we're building. But the single attached garage in the front, we had the, um, the garage door installer come out last week. And uh, we find out that the pad, the concrete pad underneath it is not level. It's sunk. And therefore, if they install the new door, there's going to be a three inch gap on the left side. Mm -hmm. So they're like... We can try and, you know, fiddle around with it, to fiddle it around with bad. it to yeah. loose, you know, to, to lower the gap, but ultimately you're going to have a gap. Otherwise, um, my, my, well, my thought was that, you know, can we fiddle around with it, lower the gap a little bit mm -hmm. and then just add like a, a bigger sweep on the bottom. You know what I mean? Worst case scenario, there's a little bit of a gap, but big deal. Um, there's a double garage in the back. Like, you know what I mean? We're just trying to make this door look nice because mm -hmm. it's an older wood door. Um, the old wood door right now does not have a gap, mm -hmm. which is great. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's powered. It's a powered garage door. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at that yesterday and um, what they proposed was that if you want to continue with the garage door, adding a new one, you need to mud jack it the the concrete mm -hmm. and they said a thousand bucks i'm like god damn it yeah you don't want to be adding a thousand bucks here a thousand bucks there at this stage of the renovation <laughs> no absolutely not um 
there's too many things that kind of come up during a renovation that's like 300 bucks here or like hey you can do this or you can have this for an extra 270 dollars and you just keep saying yes 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 next thing you know you got an extra fifteen thousand dollars on your budget and you're like where did this come from so that's one of those things that you know that's that's huge and we we don't want a mud jack so um i was actually looking at the door yesterday the first time since we talked about it and um what i'm actually considering is maybe painting that wood door yeah um and keeping it as is because again there it is motorized like it works mm-hmm. um we'll just make sure that we test it and make sure that it's working properly on the track and yeah if we can just paint it a like a brown color um kind of give the house a little bit of contrast um maybe the same color as is the sign out front um i think we should be able to save 1502 grand interesting yeah how much is that door 1500 two grand okay well then plus the mud jacking another grand yeah exactly it's it's gonna be like 2500 to three grand for that just to get a new door on there and it's still it's gonna have a gap Mm -hmm. just to have a white door out front which i think that why don't we just paint the old wood door it's not that big of a deal because they're gonna look at that but they're also gonna realize that that no one's gonna use that single garage they're gonna use the double garage in the back the single garage is gonna turn into storage or woodworking yeah some sort of little shop or a place to have beers and schmokes Yeah. I'm not here to judge. (laughs) Um, So anyways, uh, I just wanted to tell you that because that was one of the last properties I went and checked out last night. I haven't had a chance to talk to you. So I I think that uh, I think that's probably going to be talk to our contractors today about that and go with that to save a little bit of money there. Um, I don't think it's going to affect our our after repaired value as long as we do a good job painting it. It's in good condition. It's not beat up. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, I went and checked that one out and and that's looking pretty good. I checked the on the other properties as well. Um, Kenny in the comments here, actually, he was just talking about the Siri thing. He says, Siri is a pain in the butt. Yeah, you got to be careful. It's really cool to be able to say, hey, Siri. Make sure she's not listening. Um, <laughs> and and just, you know, to, to, to get her answers. to do stuff. <laughs> um, what a time to be alive, you know. I think we take these things for granted. Um, Jeremy, she is always answering when I ask Natalia a question. It's like having two wives. <laughs> it's too, too funny. Um, uh, Josh in the comments here on the live show, he's also saying the single garage would be for the wife directly into the kitchen. Oh, ouch. I did not finish that. <laughs> you took advantage of the fact that I did not read it in advance. <laughs> The double garage would turn into my wood shop. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't get me in trouble, Josh. <laughs> you watch. Someone's going to listen to this show in three years, and I'm going to get. I'm going to get canceled. I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> Did you hear what Wayne said three years ago? Oh, Goodness man. gracious! Uh, yeah, I checked on the other three properties as well. And um, uh, the one in St. Albert is pretty much done. Doors are all done. Paint's done. Ceiling's done. Pot lights are done. Trim's done. Flooring, paint. Did I say that? Uh, Basement's all done. Flooring, baseboards, paint, ceiling. Uh, Bathroom, kitchen kit. uh, Sorry, the um, shower kit's there. Getting ready to be put in. Um, There's just a couple doors downstairs that need to be installed. Yeah. I think, I think actually the frame, no, 
uh, the door he'd be installed. You figure we might be a little bit uh, further out than we initially thought, though, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I think that they were expecting August 12th, which is not this Friday, but next Friday for the Otwell project, and then like the following week for the other ones. Um, we'll see. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, once they once they pull all the guys off of um, Otwell, getting that yeah. done, who yeah. knows? The other ones might fly really quickly. Yeah. Um, but the one in Greenview in, uh, in St. Albert, that one there is, is pretty much done. There's just some exterior doors. We're waiting. Still waiting on windows. Mm-hmm. Um, Dang windows. <laughs> oh, uh, Got to paint the exterior. Um, single garage door again. Got to figure out what to do with that. Do we keep it? Yeah. Do we replace it? Um, All the fun decisions. That one's not motorized, so I think we do have to replace it. Man, those those things ain't cheap. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on there? Waiting for kitchen as well. So hopefully kitchen cabinets should be arriving any day, but it's all ready to go for that one. Um, bathroom still needs tile and and uh, and to be finished. So uh, otherwise, pr- like the two bathrooms, kitchen, windows, exterior, that's pretty much all that's left. The the closet doors are all on, doors are all on, hardware is on, so it's pretty pretty. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two in Sherwood Park, I went and checked on those. Those ones are a little farther behind. One doesn't have flooring. One does have flooring. I think they just did flooring last week. And then uh, the other one doesn't have flooring yet. That one's the farthest behind. But um, tubs in there, roughens are ready. Like it's it's it's, it's prepped. It's primed. Um, there was just a little more drywall work that needed to be done there. Right. If you recall in the basement, the yeah. drywall wasn't exactly lining up. So they had to redo all that. It sucks. Yeah, but it's coming along. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know what we, um, I feel really bad because um, I, uh, we made a note yesterday and I can still see the note on your piece of paper and we never wished Kirsten a happy birthday. <laughs> I ended up sending her a private message, but uh Anyways, just want to say a big happy, happy birthday, birthday to Kirsten. Yeah. See, you know what the, you know what the, you know what the problem is is that um, we're setting the bar really high <laughs> with trying to remember or trying to get everyone's birthdays, and then one person's gonna have a birthday, and they're like, "Oh, Wayne's gonna play the Beatles for me," <laughs> and then I forget because I I don't have am I supposed to have all of our live listeners' birthdays? But you know we do have you know regular live listeners that we see here every morning, and you know we want to say happy birthday to them. Um, well, most but, of the time they need to tell us it's their birthday, or you know. True. If it's your birthday. We won't have seen it on social media yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, social media doesn't tell you until about 8 or 9 a.m. And we're a 6 a.m. show. So, Um, (laughs) but if it is your birthday, put it in the comments. Uh, We'll do a little uh, birthday song for you. A little happy birthday toot toot. A little happy birthday toot toot. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Jeremy saying in the comments that Glass Doctor was uh, pretty fast for getting windows in. He did get them in very fast, mm-hmm. um, but not the cheapest. Um, it really depends on where, where you get your windows from, uh, where they get their windows from, the supplier, right? Because yeah. some suppliers might be 
have them in stock or have them available, but they're not going to be the cheapest kind of similar to like appliances. Like if you're, if you're struggling to find appliances, um, there's plenty of appliances down at Home Depot and Rona, yeah. but they're like the $3,000 appliances, yeah. right? It's just higher end stuff. So you can find windows for quicker, but just keep in mind, you're going to be paying for higher end. Yeah. And that's just stuff that people don't typically want. Yeah. Yeah. I find with appliances, it's uh, like you go through and you click on one and you're like, oh, that's a good price. And it's in, it's uh, in stock, add it to the cart. And then it's like, soonest delivery date, like eight weeks from now. And then you have to click on the next one. Okay. That one's an okay price. When's this one available? Available for delivery in six weeks. And then it's like, oh, okay, this one's like $300 more. When's it available? Available mm-hmm. for delivery in three days. Like mother effers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end up spending too much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Unless you're available to run around to the stores and find the deals and well, pick up the, the sale items and the in stock on floor, floor models. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't got time for that. Well, that's, that's, that's the, that's the answer right there. If you're looking for the best deals, um, you know, you need to stock up on items in advance and, uh, you literally need to go into stores and check flyers for like, you know, red tag events and stuff like that. I'm always jealous of, uh, Wilson's, he always posts his good appliance deals, but that's what, that's what they're doing, right? They're going and picking up supplies and, and finding the deals and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and we're not. Nope. <laughs> um, I, there was a time that we were. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, have you seen Wilson lately? Where's he at? Yeah, where are you, Wilson? He's been snoozing lately. <laughs> um, I had someone uh, tag me in a post last night, what, seven hours ago, six hours ago, I believe. And, um, someone was asking about doing a rent to own in Alberta and, uh, and someone tagged me in in regards to it. So, uh, I wanted to, uh, just in case they happened to like, oh, they saw that someone tagged our podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, just in case they happened to listen to it this morning, I thought maybe we would, um, talk about rent to own a little bit. And, and for those of you that are joining in live, if you guys have any questions about rent to own, now's your chance to ask them. Uh, don't go too complicated, please. Um, let's just stick to the basics of what a rent-to-own is. Go ahead, Gab. <laughs> really? I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this. <laughs> you were literally just working through one of our rent-to-own clients recently. That's true. So rent-to-own is... Um, it's more of a gimmicky name uh, for what's called uh, lease options, okay? Or a lease to own. Lease options is the best is the best terminology for it, um, because uh, rent to own or lease options are exactly the same as what a normal lease is, what a normal rental is. All of the you still have all of your normal rental agreements. It's still someone is renting it, but while they're renting it, you are also giving them the option. Keyword option to purchase it at the end for a predetermined price within a predetermined set period of time. Okay. So if you've got a tenant, they're paying you $1,800 a month in rent. And they also ask for an option to buy it in within the next three years. 
what you'll do is you will establish an option contract, just like a normal stock option or any, any other option. And it will say that this is a three-year option to buy it for this price. And then there will be a consideration. And consideration is like a fee. And that fee can be an upfront fee. That fee can be um, a monthly fee. Um, but there's normally a consideration for it. And just like a stock option, like if someone wants, says, hey, I want to be able to buy this stock. It's $298 today. I want to be able to buy it for $305 uh, for the next three years. Because you believe that this stock is going to go up in value, right? Yeah. You believe it's going to be at least 400 or 350, whatever, um, in the next three years. So you want the option to buy it for 305 for the next, let's use a better number, 320 for the next three years. And in consideration of that, you are going to pay someone $10 per share. So it's at, 295 right now, you are going to pay them $10. So you're going to pay them $305 per share for the option to buy it for 320. Right? So it's 295 today. And you're going to pay them a consideration of $10. Okay. Now that you haven't bought that, that share. What you're doing is you're giving them $10 per share. Let's just say it's one share for this example. You're saying, Hey, I'll give you 10 bucks for you to give me the option to buy this for $320. Now, whether you exercise that option or you don't exercise that option, that holder, that owner is still getting $10. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the three years, if you don't want to buy that share or that stock, those shares, sorry, you don't have to. It's an option to buy it. And you are paying a consideration fee for that option. Now, if you do buy it, you know, you bought it at 320, it's worth, you know, 350, you just made a big profit, right? This is the same thing with rent own. That's how options work. What you're doing is you're paying a, a consideration fee for the option to buy it for a set price. So if the house is worth 300 today, you would say, okay, I will sell it to you. I'll give you the option to buy it for 310 for three years. And you are going to pay me an upfront option of $5,000 and an additional option payment of $200 a month for the next three years. Okay. The difference between rent to own or lease options and like stock options is that with lease options, in most cases, the options, if they exercise it, if they actually buy the property, will get credited towards the purchase. Yes. That's the big difference. So the lender will look at it and say, oh, you've already paid. 5000 plus. Yeah. Whatever, $500 a month for the Which last Which typically years. would equal their 5 or 10%. Exactly. 10% down payment. And they Let's, say, oh, okay, you've already paid that to the seller. So you've put it, you've already put in your down payment. Yeah. So I'll, now. I'll yeah. just calculate it real quickly. Yeah. There's $5,000 up front and $500 a month for 36 months. That equates to. Uh, eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen thousand plus the original five thousand is twenty-three thousand dollars. So by the by the end of the three-year term, and they say yes, I'm ready. They go to the mortgage uh, 
um, broker and they say, I'd like to buy this property. They're going to show the, the documentation that they've already accumulated $23,000 worth of option credits, which mm-hmm. they consider that to be a down payment. Yeah. If you're done properly. And then they will use that down payment. They'll qualify for their own mortgage and they close out the property. They will buy it off of you. Mm-hmm. So the option credits are profits but they do get credited towards the purchase. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I saw a lot of negative comments on this, this post that this person did. Was it in just like a landlord, a landlording group? Landlord yep. group. There always I, will be. <laughs> uh, duh, uh, I heard like only like less than 3% of uh, rent owns actually succeed. Where the fuck did you hear that? Yeah. Like, why do you even say things like that on the internet? It could be. But provide some supporting evidence. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Reference material. Don't yeah. just say things like that. There's someone here that legitimately wants to try this thing. Yeah, they had a tenant who wanted to buy the property, right? And they thought it was a really great idea. And they go yeah. on the internet and some dumb plug says, oh, I heard it's like less than 3%. Yeah. And they were also, you know, like in in that post, they were also looking um, for like, who's a lawyer who's experienced in this? Like yeah. they were looking for help and for guidance. Like they wanted to do it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. ask for your dumb opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think that rent to own is one of the biggest misunderstood um, methods of of real estate investing that is out there. Yeah, like the general public doesn't have a friggin' clue. I know that I sure as hell didn't before I was an investor. I had zero clue where rent to own was. I thought you rented it, and eventually you own it, and you just paid rent. <laughs> Exactly. Which is so far from the truth. I I didn't know either. Yeah. And then there's like this just general stigma that says that rent to own is bad and it takes advantage of tenants. Well, it's like these dumb guys on the internet, like Pierre, I'm going to call him up by his name. (laughs) Uh, He's not listening. This dumb guy, Pierre, that says things like that, that gives it a bad name. And those dumb guys, Pierre, that try and do it. Well, I was going to say is that it's not just the people who just go and spew that like, oh, I've heard only 3% succeed. It's also the people who use it to take advantage of people because yeah. it can be used to take advantage of people. Well, let's because just... if you if if you're just if you're just saying, hey, I have a rent to own and you're setting it up with whomever <clears throat> and you don't properly screen them, you don't know what their situation is, they're incapable of being able to qualify for a mortgage at the end. And then you say, oh, so sorry, so sad. You can't qualify. You don't get your money back. Yeah, because then those option credits next. are non-refundable. Yeah. Option considerations are non-refundable. Remember that. Yeah. We're getting that option consideration regardless of whether you buy it or not. You have yeah. the option to buy it, but we still get the options. The cool thing about rent own is, and this is what people don't understand, is when they do exercise their option, when they do actually buy the property, it gets credited towards the purchase. Yeah. Unlike any other form of options, no other options will credit towards the purchase. I mean, it could be negotiated in, but like it's a standard. Yeah. Right. It helps people save for down payments. Yeah. And it also has to be done right. There's lots of guidelines that need to be followed in order for CMHC at the end to say, yes, this was done correctly and I will provide you a mortgage. Mm -hmm. 
So there's things you need to follow. Like you need proof of what market rent was when you started and throughout and at the end, you need to show that you were charging them appropriately. You need evidence of their payments. You need like, there's like all these things that need to be in place, proper lease agreement, proper option agreement. Registered on title in the form of a caveat. There are rules that CMHC require in order for it to be a valid rent to own. So people, when they try and put it on a napkin or they listen to people on the internet and they do it up themselves because I can just download it off of the internet myself off of, you know, lawdepot.ca. They think that I can do this myself. They don't realize that there's rules that are required for it to actually go through at the end. Mm -hmm. And when they don't follow those rules, the tenant buyer, the person who's supposed to be buying this property is set up for failure. And then the owner just says, well, yeah, sorry, you didn't get qualified. I'm taking your money. That's why it's got a horrible name. Because dumb guys like Pierre just do it like they download a free, you know, rent-to-own contract off the internet or they get it from someone else. So this is what happens. I was going to say a minute ago. This is what happens. Someone says, hey, my tenant wants to do rent-to-own. This is why it's got a terrible name. My tenant wants to do rent-to-own. Can someone help me out? They ask on the internet. They think, oh, cool. I'm on a landlord page. Someone must know. First comment. Realtors may be able to set this up. No offense. I know this person listens to our podcast. I know. And she's a, she's a really nice woman, but she doesn't know. Yeah. She doesn't know anything about rent Realtors cannot. So that that's an opinion. That's not actual advice. Yeah. Okay. Realtors may be able to set this up. Set them maybe in the right direction. Um, I mean, if you get some half-assed realtor, they might say, well, oh, yeah, I know a guy that has a contract because they're trying to be helpful. Right? Yeah. Already set up. Like, for failure. Yeah. For failure. Okay. A few people mentioned a good lawyer, okay? Someone mentioned our podcast, which if we were a shitty podcast, it would not be giving <laughs> very good advice. And I always preface before I talk about any strategies to go take a course. Yeah. Do not just listen to the five little tidbits that you heard this morning and think that that's enough. No, you have to go take a course. Keep it on the comments if you don't mm-hmm. um, Next comment. Rent to own is usually in the landlord's favor if the contract is right. Um, next comment. Yep. When the buyer defaults, they lose everything. Is it only like 3% of rent owned actually gets done? This is the comments. Yeah. And all you need now is just one person in the comments to say, I've got a contract, send me a DM, which is normally what'll happen. Yeah. This was a midnight post. So I'm, I'm sure this morning someone's going to be like, send me a DM. I've got a rent owned contract for you. And I can tell you how to do it. Yeah. Okay. So they get the rent-to-own contract. They send it off to their tenant. Here's the rent-to-own option contract. I'll sell it to you for $310,000. I'll give you three years to do it, and I'll credit $200, $300 a year rent towards it. You and I both know. Gabby's smirking at me. That's not how it works. No, fail. Fail, because there's no credit of of rent towards the purchase. It's It's two separate payments. It's two separate payments. It has to be two separate payments. There has to be a rent, and there needs to be an option payment. They need to be 100% completely separate. So there, right there, fail. Yeah. Because they set it up that way, that person Automatic in three fail. years, they got 700 credit score now. They've accumulated all their down payment. They go to a mortgage broker and mortgage broker says, no, 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 no lender will look at this. They're going to want to see at least 25% down. And they're like, well, wait a second. I was in a rent-to-own program. They go back to Pierre and Pierre's like, mm, it was your responsibility. I'm not supposed to figure this out for you. And they take their option money. Well, if you can't qualify in the next month, for your own mortgage and you don't close out on this, I'm taking your option credits. And Pierre walks away with the $23,000 in cash. And another story just gets added to the list. 
this is what happens all the time. And this is why it has such a bad name. Because mm-hmm. dumb schmucks think that they're smart and they're helping people and then they just take the money. Yeah. This is why this dumb bugger in the comments says, isn't it like only like less than 3% of rent owns actually succeed? He could be right. He didn't offer any reference, you know, evidence, but he could be right because I don't even hear about 90% of the rent owns that happen. Yeah. Because they're all done with, you know, landlord, amateur landlords and tenants. Yeah. But I tell you, if you go into a, lo- a lunchroom today, or if you go into your locker room, you know, at hockey on the weekend, and you say, rent to own. Say, hey, does anybody know anything about rent to own? Oh, fuck, don't do that. My buddy did that one of those programs and it was fucking bullshit. And oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, they'll scam you. They take your money. Uh, they, you know, they, they rack it, you know, they, they charge you extra. Set up to fail. Set up to fail. Rent to fail. Rent to fail. I shit you not. Go into a lunchroom today and say, does anyone know what rent to own is? I shit you not. Someone, if not multiple people in the room, will have a story that they've heard mm-hmm. from someone that they know. Because it's not done properly. So that's why, again, I always preface anytime I talk about creative strategies, whether that be rent to owns, especially whether that be like a, agreement for sales, make sure you get education, set people up for success. You're, you're trying to help people. And when I see people in the comment sections in Facebook and saying, you know, oh, no, don't pay for a course. That's just bullshit. I'll give you the I'll give you the contract. You know how badly I want to reach through the computer or the phone and just strangle that person? <laughs> you want to know why? Because it's not that person being affected. Yeah. It's not the landlord being affected. It's some unlucky fucking tenant who all they want is to buy a home. Yeah. It's getting to better themselves. Yeah. They're getting set up for failure. Yeah. They're going to spend years saving up to buy a home, to save up 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 of their hard earned savings. And they're never going to get it. They're actually going to lose it. Yeah. But with that being said, if you take the course, if you treat it like a business and you follow the rules that are required by CMHC, you can help people into home ownership. That's pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, Jeremy asked um, if we've ever extended a lease option for a tenant buyer who needed more time. We're about to. Yeah, we might. <laughs> a lot of our rent owns are longer term, which is a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, we talked about agreement for sales recently. Uh, a lot of our longer term agreement for sales, we actually sandwich them with rent owns to offset the negative cash flow. So it's a little complicated. Um, rent to own isn't one of our primary um, businesses. Um, however, we have rent owns, uh, but typically they're with our, we have one with a joint venture and then the rest are with our agreement for sale deals. Yeah. So a little bit different, not your standard two to three years. So. Uh, most of them are still um, still operating. But again, it's if you're planning on implementing a strategy, an advanced strategy, 
Rent to own is an advanced strategy. Yeah. I'd okay. say rent to own and agreement for sale are like two of the more complex, like you really need to know the intricacies of it in order to execute it properly. Yeah. Yeah. And not to the detriment of some poor unsuspecting person that you are quote unquote helping. Right. You're like, Oh, I'm doing good. I'm helping somebody into home ownership or I'm helping somebody out of this situation with an agreement for sale. You know, they would have went bankrupt. And then in the meantime, you know nothing and you fuck them over anyways. Well, happens. You, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we have a story. We have another story of something like that where someone did that. It's sad. It, it really, it really, it really makes me sad. Because um, someone's always getting fucked. And that's the worst. Um, we, we can't, I can't solve every, you know, every problem in the world, but I, I see it way too often. Yeah. Um, but yet, it, you know, the question that Jeremy had, have you guys, have you guys ever extended a lease option? Um, no, but however you can. Yep. If at the end of the three years, if you're a good person, you're trying to work with them. Um, you can extend it for another six or 12 months because this, things happen, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you had a rent to own right in the middle of the pandemic and the person was a server, okay, let's be honest. They're probably going to have trouble yeah. qualifying for that mortgage. So you just go back to the negotiating table Yeah. and you can either say, Hey, I'll give you an extra six to 12 months. You continue to make, you know, your rent payments plus option payments, or you just continue to make rent payments, whichever you can negotiate whatever you want. Uh, whether you keep the price the same or whether you adjust the price, um, that's entirely up to both of you guys. It's all um, negotiable. Uh, are you required to extend it? No, because it's, I mean, technically it's not your fault that the pandemic came, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if that person had a mortgage, you know what I mean? If they bought a house before and they had their own mortgage, they would have to make the payments, right? So, Things that happen outside of the agreements, you know, job security, those types of things are the responsibility of the person who's buying it. It's not your responsibility, but be a good person. Yeah. Right. Be bad. Don't be a dick. Help them out. Right. I mean, what's, what does it mean to you? That's an extra six months with a rent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's an extra six months with a mortgage pay down, six months with the cash flow. Why not? Like what difference does it make? Unless of course you had some, some use for that, those funds, like you were waiting to get those funds out for another project, right. then that's understandable. But you know, desert, if you can have a conversation with that tenant buyer and say, Hey, I understand what happened. How long do you need? Let's go talk to your mortgage broker, talk to the mortgage broker. They come back and say they need about eight months or they need three years or whatever it is. Like, what do you need yeah. in order to get this fixed? And if they can show you, that they have a plan and they know it, this is exactly what I need to do in order to get there. Yeah. then great. If they come back to you and say, I wasn't approved. I don't know what to do. I need more time. My question is going to be, okay, how much time and what do you plan on doing? You got to show me, yeah. show me what your plan is. If they don't have a plan, then no, we're not moving forward because this is going to get dragged out. Mm -hmm. Right. But if they can show you a clear roadmap or a clear plan as to how they're going to do it, I'll help someone. Why not? I like rent on. Yeah, it's great. 
I don't think enough people are utilizing it as an investing strategy. Yeah. There's really, yeah, there's really only a few successful like um, businesses that are doing it like as a business in Canada. Um, But it's, it's fantastic. And those that are doing it as a business are very successful. Isn't that fucked up? What? That there's only like a few people. Yeah. A few businesses. Like I can think of three. I can think of two. Yeah. Two that are like really reputable. Mm-hmm. Clover Properties mm-hmm. and Jag. They're I both don't in Ontario. Know who Jag is? No. Okay. Salem. Uh, Alfonso uh, Salemi. Yeah. He's and also like, he also had like the, uh, the rent to own professionals of Canada or something along those lines. Mm. Um, is that his name? Alfonso Salemi. Yep. I got it. Jag properties. Yeah. Um, Canadian association of rent to own professionals. Carap. Interesting. Yeah. There's, um, uh, Clover Properties is, is part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just an organization for, you know, to, for almost like a certification for end owned professionals. It's just an extra certification just to kind of show that you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're something more than Pierre. <laughs> that you're not a scammer. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I, I just want to go back to the fact that, you know, what you said there, um, there are rent to own programs out there. Right. But like, who has like a rent to own business? Yeah. I'm talking about like Clover properties have done. I haven't seen their updated numbers, 500 rent to own deals. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know how many Jag have done. I, I don't know much about them. I, I don't just assume that because someone's active on social media that they're yeah. actually successful, but they've done a few at least to be, to be, to be recognized. But the fact that, all of you that are listening to this and all of you that have been listening to this for the last 15, 20 years, all think about how many rent to own courses have been put on in Canada in the last 20 years. Okay. Think about all the people that have said, I want to do rent to own. Why is there only two or three reputable full scale businesses? You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreement for sales. How many agreement for sale courses have been put on in the last 10, 15 years? How many people have taken agreement for sale courses? How many people have said, I want to buy properties for zero money down or a little to no money down and get the, the, the seller to carry the financing? How many courses have been put on? There's another one coming up September 24th, by the way. We're going to be there. How many people have taken these courses? How many reputable agreement for sale businesses do you know of? A couple. I know of a couple investors who implement it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Why isn't anyone taking this to like, that's like, why is it scaling it? Scaling yeah. it. Yeah. Fix and flips. How many people have taken fix and flip workshops? Well, definitely not ours because ours is better. August 20th. <laughs> How many people have taken a fix and flip course? How many people have done a fix and flip? How come nobody else is turning it into a business? Mm -hmm. Name me a fix and flip business in Canada. 
like a full-scale business. Us. There's a few others that do lots of fix and flips. Yeah. Maybe one at a time, two at a time. But how come no one scaled it? Yeah. Wholesaling. I talk about wholesaling all the time. I've said for years, why is no one building a full-scale wholesaling business? I know of three in Canada. Three, four, four, sorry. There's a guy in Ontario. His name is, is I, I can't quite remember. Um, another guy who who's a big YouTuber. Matt McKeever owns a wholesaling company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cash and Homes at a Calgary. Mm-hmm. I've thrown them a bunch of props because they actually treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. Right. DCI Properties. DCI Properties is a huge wholesaling company um, in Ontario. Huge. And they've also actually expanded out to Alberta. If you've been, I don't know if you've been subscribing to their list. They've got a ton of deals for Edmonton and Calgary. DCI is a huge wholesaling company. Mm -hmm. They're probably not going to be happy to hear that I'm talking about this right now. But what my point is, is that all of these courses that people have taken over the years, how many wholesaling courses, wholesaling probably more than anything, how many people have said, I want to get into wholesaling. Yeah. I'm going to create a business. I'm going to be successful. Yeah. And why is there only four successful businesses in Canada that I can name? Something to think about because like, I don't even know why people are bothering taking courses. Why even bother come to our fix and flip course workshop this, this on, on August 20th? Well, not everybody wants to create full-fledged. Fuck that. Big full-scale businesses. Well, you want to do one or two? Well, sometimes it's a stepping stone to get what they want or what they need. If I can do a few flips, it'll give me this and then I can go do this. Fair enough. If that's what you're out, if that's yeah. what the intention is. Mm-hmm. I know people, I've listened to people. That's not what people <laughs> say. Yeah. Some people, they want to add it to their toolbox. Cool. If you want to spend a thousand bucks to add a strategy to your toolbox, cool. Just to do one or two. I think it's a huge waste of time. I think you should be focusing on one strategy. Or two at most. But I, I, I listen to people. I get the DMs. I see the people in the comments. Like I really, really want to. I, I really want to do fix and flipping. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really want to leave my job. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I really want to raise capital. But they don't. You know what I mean? There. I just named four strategies, four strategies, or five strategies that could be turned into large scale businesses. But there's only a few. Blows my mind. Like, where, where's, why don't people actually follow through with it? Yeah. Wholesaling? I've talked about wholesaling. I, I want to, you know this. Yeah. I want to create a wholesaling business. Yeah. I just don't have the time. I talked about this like two years ago. I talked about um, creating an investor house. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. It's one of my, it's one of my big goals that I wanted like, years ago. Because I wanted to, to, to buy a house very similar to like what's going on over there. Well, what used to be Blackheart and Matt McKeever's little fun house as well, where they would just buy a big house and they'd basically like throw like <laughs> sheets up in the basement and have like multiple beds in the basement in the garage. And all these people would live there with Matt McKeever and they'd, you know, operate and they do all these YouTube videos and all of this, you know, this is uh, 
they would take calls for the basically just had like a huge house it was like an investor house and everybody lived there and they lived for next to nothing Uh, i don't know if they're still doing that anymore because he's doing something different but um but i always really like that not not to like the whole like um (laughs) um setting up sheets in the basement and 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 having cots and people living in there to learn how to invest in real estate but i always thought it'd be really cool to have like a five-bedroom house like if i were younger and i wasn't married and i didn't have a kid like that's something I would totally mm-hmm. do. I would go and live in a house with other real estate investors and just focus on real estate investing full time. And I thought to myself, why don't I buy a property with lots of bedrooms and then set it up with ambitious young investors, start my wholesaling business and have them working for me. Teach them how to wholesale. You'd have your, you know, you'd have your people that go out and deliver door to door, you know, and they would be entry level. Then you'd have your people who do, who answer the phone, mm-hmm. right? screening calls you have the people who you set up appointments with for um you know negotiating you'd have your acquisition specialist and like your your deal specialist you know the person that's that's running comps and that kind of stuff and then closing it all and ultimately you know you as me as the owner you know i would have all the connections for all of the buyers across canada Mm -hmm. right and then these young investors would be able to they they have they have a, a platform that they'd be able to because starting out in wholesaling is very hard. Yeah, Learning is. how to do it. How do you negotiate? How do I how do I manage all of these these leads? Yeah. How do I get out and deliver all these things? How do I how do I afford the deposits? Five thousand dollars for each of these properties, and I don't have five thousand dollars to put down as a deposit. And I don't know any real estate investors in the market. Nobody trusts me when I have a deal. It's it's very hard as a wholesaler getting started. Yeah. But the fact that you know if they were working for me, they would have all of that. They'd have the money. They'd have all the connections and everything else. I would take care of that stuff. But one person would have one responsibility. And when they come into that house, what their responsibility would be, would be to go out and deliver door knock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's where you start. And then you would graduate up to the next role. Right. Right. Even if that wasn't in a home, if that was in an office, right. If I rented out an office and I hired people for specific roles and they work up and they can work their way up, you know what I mean? To a lead or to a, you know, negotiation specialist and they can learn all that stuff. And I know that each of these people probably have, you know, a shelf life of six months before they go and run off and do it themselves. Do it themselves yeah. But at the very least, I mean, they've, they've, they've done what they needed to do. If they mm-hmm. want to stay and they want to grow with the company, they can stay and they can grow with the company. But if they want to run off and do it themselves and you can't stop them from doing it. Yeah. But we got someone for six months and then a new person comes in and they go and they go out and door knock. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. We'll have a training Bible, which basically shows exactly how to do each of these roles. Right. And we just keep bringing it. There's always new people that want to learn how. Yeah. And I don't mind training people for free once a week and how to wholesale if they're able to, to, you know, fulfill their, you know, their obligations of their role, right. Mm -hmm. Their job responsibilities. And the people who want to stay and who want to grow will stay and they'll grow through in the business and they'll make more money. Right. Yeah. Sounds pretty simple though. Doesn't it? I haven't checked the comments in a little while here, but sounds pretty simple. Why is no one else doing this? Um, yeah. Jeremy asked, how many young investors are there? I believe most of them are married or with kids. Often that's the reason why they start in real estate. I know a lot of young investors. There's tons of, of young, young guys and gals coming up wanting to get into investing. I like, and I think it's absolutely amazing. Like, could you imagine being 21, 22 and making such an incredible life decision? (laughs) Yeah. I've had a lot of 18, 19 year olds that have reached out to me. Yeah. I've coached a lot of 20 year olds. Yeah. They're, they're, they're out there. I mean, like you can't, 
they're not all cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are, you know, less motivated. I mean, at that particular age, you don't know what the hell you want. And you just saw some Instagram video. So that said wholesaling is a really great idea. And you reached out to a wholesaler and they're telling you, okay, cool. Now you have a job, put a, <laughs> put a nice shirt on and I need you to go door knock or I need you to go and, you know, negotiate with sellers and that kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, this is really hard. So only a certain type of person is going to, is going to really succeed in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, there's going to be some high turnover yeah. and, and some low shelf life, but ultimately, you know, you're helping at the end of the day, if I could get six months out of someone and help them make some money, help them save up 20 grand, 30 grand, 60 grand, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And also teach them how to wholesale. And if they don't want to stay with this, with this company and they want to go off and do their own thing, then I made money, right? Because yeah. they worked. If they made money, then I made money, yeah. right? They serve their purpose. They go on. And I know that I help someone go off to become a real estate investor yeah. because otherwise they, could, they, they couldn't have done it on their own. They needed training. They needed some money to get started. I helped them do that for six months. They go off and they're successful. I think that's great. I think that we probably instilled some really good fundamentals into them for like real estate investing. Also, you know, entrepreneurial fundamentals. You know what I mean? They got to hang around some really ambitious action takers. If someone left after three, six months, I wouldn't even be bothered because I know I have expectations of what's, you know, what I'm getting from them. Yeah. And when the right person comes through that wants to grow with the company, that wants to grow into a higher role, then that's great too. That has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with just, you know, the person and I can't control the person. Right. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's different. But I just wanted to say that, like, you know, that's that's a wholesaling example. Rent to own, which was what we were talking about originally, same thing can apply. Not not with, you know, bringing in new people, but why why are we half-assing this stuff by taking these courses and like, oh, this is really cool. I'd, you know, I'm going to create a website. And, you know, I'm going to pay 40 bucks a month for SEO or I'm going to, like, put a Kijiji ad up. And they look and go, oh, I'm doing really work. But, like, if you really looked at it like a business and you wanted to become the fifth business in Canada, you could. You could be really successful. Look at Clover Properties. Yeah. 500 some odd rent owns. They're fucking monsters. Yeah. And they're just normal people. Yeah. That took a course and actually implemented it. You can do the same thing with agreement for sales. You can do the same thing with rent to own. Same thing with fix and flips. This is like, this is, this is, this is stuff we teach in our mentorship program. Yeah. So figure out what it is that you actually want to do and then build a business that'll get you there. Don't just half-ass and be like, oh, this month I'm going to do rent-to-own. Or, oh, wow, I saw this apartment building. This looks pretty cool. Oh, wow, there's a burr over here. Ooh, a burr. Ooh, a burr. That's going to be my new catchphrase. <laughs> Not ooh, a bird. <laughs> Getting distracted by a bird. It's ooh, a burr. Everybody's like, ooh, a burr. Ooh, a burr. Something comes and flies by and you're like, oh, that looks cool. Maybe I should take a course on that. Right. I mean, they never really achieve all that much. Yeah, sure. Maybe about four or five properties. That's, that's, that's swell. But I'm not, you're not getting referenced on any podcasts, right? You're not the Olivers getting referenced on a podcast for their 500 rent owns. Like you're nothing, you're nothing great. You're not great. Great is, there's a big word, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. You did good, but you're not great. If you want to be great, then you got to treat it like a business. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) Wayne and Gabby out. Thanks for listening. 
to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.